Hey, what's up? I'm Joey Bosa. This is my podcast with my brother and my dad, the MAGA Podcast. Oh, no. (laughs) Alpha Sigma MAGA. My brother Nick's across from me. He's got a fun take on the impeachment process going on. Like, that's fucking whack, dude. Like, come on, man. And then we got my dad, John Bosa, sitting to my left. The fucking man, the myth, the legend himself. He worked for the mob. <laughs> he he raised some two outstanding swole young men. <laughs> Fuck. So yeah, we're gonna get into it about football. We're gonna talk about Nick's loss to the Lamar Jack. Like what? How'd you let him beat you? Who? You should have been driving him to the ground. Oh, 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 no. Okay, so speaking speaking of that, um, yeah, let's just board off of that. 49ers. Hi, everyone. This is Football 40, After Dark. 49ers uh, radio analyst. Oh, okay. I, I'm, I'm glad this is the first thing we talked I, about. I don't know what this is. 49ers, 49ers suspend radio host Tim Ryan. It must be like... Something about that name oh, that makes yeah, you a douchebag. Right. Uh, it said Lamar Jackson was successful at hand- faking handoffs because the dark skin with the dark ball. Jesus. That was actually said. On radio. On radio. That was actually said. What the fuck? Yeah. Welcome to the pit, buddy. We're never going to make it. If somebody gets suspended for that, like, I'm not saying it's undeserved. Yeah. No, but, like, but with what we say, like, I'm not saying, like, well, we say. We're I mean, not on, like, public radio. Right. We're, we like, an independent podcast. We also don't make racist remarks. Yeah. We, we say we say dumb shit like Todd Gurley fell getting off the bus because of his knee arthritis. Say, coach. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's nowhere near as bad as racism. You know what I mean? What the fuck? What the fuck? And you know what? I made a... Corey put that... Or was it you or was it our friend? I can't remember who, which one of you it was. When they shared that story, uh, I made the that awful thing you often hear whenever something like that is said. Where like, oh, he probably knows a black guy. It's okay for him to say that. You, you actually hear people say that. Jesus Christ. Which is the worst thing ever. Like... I don't even know what point he's trying to make, aside from just being racist, in a way. That's what that. that that's no basically like I don't. I don't understand. What he's, oh, he was. Was he trying to like explain why Lamar Jackson's good at read option plays? That doesn't make any sense. Where the, the actual answer is, I don't know. He's really gifted and athletic, and he's a good quarterback, and he's yeah. going to win MVP this year. Right. I don't know. And Greg Roman's a really good offensive coordinator. I don't know. That's probably why yeah. Mr. Tim Ryan. Not because he's got dark skin. What has nothing fuck? to do with it. At all. Doesn't mean... I just don't understand how you... The only reason... The only Jesus! Way you reach, the only way you reach that conclusion is if you're racist. That's the I, I, only I'm way you reach that call... conclusion. No, I'm calling him a racist. He's a racist. He said a very racist thing. A, the, a thing that you could only... Somebody, how long How long do you figure this guy's been doing football analytics? Just the ballpark. I don't know. He's he's an old radio host. So, so probably, probably a long-ass thir- time. Probably a long time. Probably longer than he should have been employed. Right. So 
watching and looking at football for that long, there is no logical endpoint where you make that conclusion. It doesn't exist besides if you're a fucking racist piece of shit. He, there is no roadmap there. He boomer posted on there. Yeah. Yeah, he did. That's basically it's like he's like he, he like he made like a, a cringy Facebook meme that like somebody's uncle would would repost. Boomer post on live radio. That's also why we're not going to make it because we're not we're not a uh, we're not giving our our demographic isn't the boomers. <laughs> oh, well. We all know they make up the majority of people that consume sports media. Well, thankfully they're so. they're an incredibly small percentage of people who consume podcasts. That's right. That's okay. So. That's fine. <laughs> if you consume our podcast, um, that's okay. But we wish there were more of you. <laughs> I'm, make Cam, more of you. Make more of you. All of you that listen to us, you need to go out, get married, have children, and make them listen to the podcast too. Like right but now, on like, their own individual devices. Right. Yeah. On on their own individual IPs. That would be cool. That'd be great. Unsubscribe. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you feel Dang. great? Wouldn't you feel great if you were responsible for this being the only thing the four of us did? Like I, I'm sure you'd feel wonderful about that. Yeah. Just think about it tonight when yeah, you're talking to your uh, your spouse that you don't know that, that she doesn't he or she doesn't know they're going to be your spouse yet. You just got to go find somebody. Right. And just was like, hey, I marry you and have babies. Do you consent? Yeah. Make sure you ask that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Make sure you ask that. And if they say no, then you politely say, yeah. oh, say, okay, next, I'm gonna find. Have a nice else. day. Yeah. Have a nice day. And you know, you ask the immediate next person you see. First, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or just on your own as a single mom or dad, adopt some kids. Just adopt every kid. Every kid. Go to an orphanage. Like I want all of them. Give them all. <laughs> I name five name, S's. Name every single one find, of them. Find every foster home in your area. Go to each one of them because orphanages them, don't exist anymore. Give them all iPhone five S's. They can't be more than like seventy dollars. Rename them all Tammy. Every single one of your kids, rename them Tammy. Even if it's a, <laughs> even if it's a boy, rename them Tammy. And uh, yeah, make them listen to the podcast. Thank I'll you. have a lot of my moms listening to my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, well, a football show. Ball, yeah, football, football show. Um, San Francisco, Baltimore. Um, what a game! Can we just like? I, I don't know. I don't think there's all any this. All the scoring was in like the first twenty minutes of the game. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Still really good. And game. then there was. The last, the, the last, last minute, field goal. The last minute, the field last field goal. I think that's good, though. Like, I think that shows like how good those teams are. I I thought about it after the game was over, and the those awful four o'clock games started. Right, that was horrible. Even the you, even the like the only competitive one was just boring because it was <laughs> it was the Los Angeles Chargers and the Denver Broncos. How many times are the Chargers gonna lose like that? All, every time this year, all of their losses have come by seven points or less. All eight. It's so dumb. It is. Um, but afterwards, I was thinking about that. Like, I don't know if the 49ers in Baltimore are going to play in the Super Bowl, but they have. I feel they have. Oh, I meant this year. Oh, okay. But I feel like, in a weird way, those teams are kind of built to beat each other. Because if you think about it, like, Baltimore's whole thing, right, is they run the ball a lot, they control time of possession. Lamar Jackson runs around and throws sidearm passes, and then their defense, you know, has a bunch of aggressive corners. Right. That kind of makes up for the fact that their pass rush is kind of like meh. It's not. It's not like terrible, but it's not like elite. Right. Yeah. So the way you kind of beat that is you 
possess the ball yourself, which is exactly what the 49ers did, and they ran the ball. I think there was like a stretch in the second quarter where they gave the ball to Mostert like four straight times, and each time it was like an eight-yard carry. It was crazy. Like every time he touched the ball, it was like eight, nine, ten, eight, ten yards, twelve yards. It was kind of insane. So, in a weird kind of way, San Fran can kind of do the same thing Baltimore does in a way, whereas like they're just gonna play keep away from you. Yeah. They both went for it a bunch on fourth down. Uh, some each of them got stopped, I think, once or twice. So it wasn't like they were just always getting it on fourth down. The San Fran defense is very rotation-based. They don't play the same four guys all game, so they can keep the guys fresh, so they can chase down Lamar. And, like, that was the most competitive game the Baltimore Ravens have been in since the Pittsburgh game. Yep. So, like, it's not like it's not like a situation where, like, Baltimore took the field in back-to-back weeks against New England and Houston and literally ran them off the field. Like, yeah. it wasn't even close. Like, San Fran, like, like the best way to explain that was, like, a heavyweight bout. Like, they were just, yeah. like, throwing blows at each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it literally came down to who had the ball last. Yep. They both have excellent kickers. So, like, if you would have told me before the game started that it's going to be 17-17 with six minutes left and the team that gets the ball last is going to kick a field goal and win, I couldn't tell you. It could be either result. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like... I could have seen Robbie Gold kicking that field goal. I think, I know it's like hindsight 2020 when that happens, but like, I think in that situation, I go with the more experienced coach. I agree. Well, Kyle Shanahan's been around a lot. I He obviously hasn't been a head coach as long right. as, Jim, as John Harbaugh. Like, obviously, Kyle Shanahan's been in the NFL a very long time. Right. But. I agree. I, I think that... And I also go with the more healthy team. Which, at this point, Baltimore's way healthier than San Francisco. Oh, Fran absolutely. Um, San Francisco's been battling injury problems all year. I think that's... Still the, playing. That's also the first game that... Maybe not the first game, but definitely the game where you noticed the loss of Quan Alexander. Yeah. Like, I'm not trying to say Quan Alexander can match up one-on-one with Lamar, because nobody can. But it but can Quan Alexander chase Lamar Jackson down? Yeah, a few a few plays. A few plays, like yeah, like maybe some of those eight nine yard runs from Lamar turn into four and five yard runs if Quan Alexander's on the field. Now, obviously, that's never going to happen because he's gone for the year. Yep. So, I don't know. Like it, you can say you want to use that as an excuse. Like it still was the Baltimore hadn't been held under twenty points in the regular season. I think in their last... Since they played the Browns, right? Since they played... Well, no, I think they even scored at the end no, of the they, Browns. No, they, they scored 20 at, at yeah. the end. Yeah. So, like, I think this is the first time Lamar in the regular season has been held under 20 since, like, his, like, second or third start. Which is, like, crazy. Right. Like, so, again, similar to what happened against Seattle, San Fran loses... But I'm looking, I'm like, they're still a really good team. Like, it's just they're, they have, like you said, they don't have an experienced head coach. They have a very smart head coach, but he's just not experienced. And obviously, the advantages personnel-wise, even if you like San Fran's personnel and their play calling more, Jimmy Garoppolo is not as good as Russ. 
and Jimmy at this moment is not as good as Lamar. Right. So like you're gonna take, especially because it's in Baltimore, in the rain, you know, you're gonna take uh, the home team in mm-hmm. that situation. I didn't agree that the did, remember how we were talking about the line got so big in that game. The line was like plus six and a half to San Fran. I'm like, are people crazy? Yeah, there's no way. <laughs> like, are people like, do people not? Have people not? Have people forgotten that San Francisco like has like blown people out this year? Like the bad team San Fran's played, has they've dominated them? Mm-hmm. Like people forget they hung like even some good teams too. Yeah, like I don't know. I think that was a big. I think people watched Baltimore destroy New England and destroy Houston, they which I guess really we'll nervous. talk about that game next. Oh god, the New England Houston game. Um. I don't know if you guys watched that game. I, I didn't did. watch it. Okay. I watched that game. You watched that game. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's the classic example of the final score looks closer than the game actually was. Yeah, it was never... New England was barely ever in it. The first three possessions that New England had were utterly atrocious. They... People are now just throwing... like, oh, well, Tom Brady just doesn't have any people to throw the ball to. But you watch the game and you see like Julian Edelman like streaking down the field like forty yards and no one's covering him. Yeah, and then Brady just can't get the ball to him. No, he does. Occasion. I mean, there were times in that game where I like missed him a bunch. I think see, he thing- he was ten for six or six for ten. I mean, yeah, on to Edelman. Yeah, six of ten. I don't know how many yards it was, but you hundred and six. Can- I played against him in fantasy. There you go. Yeah, that's my, how you know. I I was down. I was up or down. I was down by ten going into those night games. Mm-hmm. I had Stefan Diggs and Tyler Lockett. I was feeling pretty good. He had Julian Edelman. I was like, all right, this is doable. I get nine and a half points from Stefan Diggs, mm-hmm. and that's it. That's it. <laughs> that's it. But yeah. I actually had my worst, my best team in fantasy this year had their worst outing in my first game of the playoffs. Ugh. In a, and I didn't get eliminated because it's a two-week playoff, but I'm down like 19 points. I scored, oh God, what did I score? He scored like 93, and I scored like 60 or 70-something. It was really bad. Like, Drew Brees, whatever the fuck happened on Thanksgiving... With the Saints, they were, which, they, were, they were just the better team. I don't understand what happened. We'll get to that in a second. It was basically the Taysom Hill game. No other Saint player did well that game outside oh of Taysom god. Hill. It's great. Which, oh my god, did that frustrate me so bad because I played Drew Brees over Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, well, and I, I got my playoff contention in question. Because of I that also game didn't play too. Kenny Galladay, who had one play for seventy-five yards and a touchdown, and then. Two more catches, and that was it. And he scored thirty, and Michael Thomas scored ten. ten. Yep, that fucked uh, me. That still fucked me so bad. He still got six catches, so that still puts him still on pace for I the he record. Only had four. He had six. Did he have six? Yeah, I so think he had it was, six. Oh, it was like six for forty yards. Yeah. That was it. I thought it was four catches for sixty. I had it backwards. He had enough to keep him on pace for the record. Um, Hell yeah! But anyway, keep I, it moving. We got off track with the New England Texans game. It basically, dude, is it as simple as, see, again, here's the thing about, I, I wanted to lay this out because this was the week where I was going to tear into Matt. Matt's not here, obviously. 
Um, he's dead again. But uh, I was going to tear into Matt about how the Chiefs don't have a chance against New England at all. They have no shot. And, like I'm, I'm predicting like New England will win this game by like ten. Especially now. Especially now. That, get, that team doesn't lose twice in a row. Um, not only do they not lose twice in a row, but like, if you want to lay out, okay, we know how to beat Kansas City. Yeah. Because Kansas City has lost the same way all four times, to like increasing degrees, right? Yeah. Or the Colts were like, I'm probably just gonna run the ball on them, like a lot, and just not let Pat touch the ball, and that's what they did. And then the Texans, and then and then like after that Colts game, it was like no one's gonna be able to do that better than the Colts did. And the Texans were like, bet. And the Texans did it better than the Colts did. And then obviously Pat got hurt, and they had the Tennessee game. And Tennessee was like, bet. We have Derrick Henry. We have Derrick Henry. Yeah. Bet. Bet we won't do that better. Now, granted, there was a whole bunch of other crap that happened in that Tennessee game where they lost. So, you know, whatever. But um, who was their fourth loss? Who was their other Kansas City loss this year? They beat. I know they beat. Uh, oh, they lost to Green Bay. Yep. They lost to Green Bay. Um which was again, give Aaron Jones the ball. Give Aaron Jones the ball. Mm-hmm. So you mean, te- you mean to tell me that the way you beat, I was going to lay it out. This is what I was going to do to Matt and make Matt real sad. I mean, Matt's going to listen to the episode and get sad anyway. Here's what's going to happen. First, first quarter of the New England Patriots Kansas City Chiefs game. Ready for? It? I'll spoil the first half for you because the second half won't matter. Right? The first half is all that's going to matter in this game. Okay. Here's what's going to happen. Chiefs are going to come out. Right. And it's a big game, right? It's a big yeah. game. Game means a whole lot, right? Chiefs, Pat Mahomes, two shots against Tom Brady, hasn't beaten him, right? Pat going to come out. Classic Pat Mahomes. Balls are going high. He's going to start like one of six. He's going to have one deep shot to Kelsey for like 25. Off target all five times, right? They're going to come out, try to run the ball. They can't because they suck. Can't run the ball. Especially not against the Patriots. The Chiefs can't run the ball. No, they, they can't, can't run the ball against soft defenses. Right. So they're not going to be able to run the ball against the Patriots, right? Punt. Right? Two incomplete passes from Pat. All high. Jittery. Didn't have enough catch-up before the game. <laughs> you get that blood sugar up. Right. Punt he, the ball away. His hunt's supply That's right. came late. Yeah. It's on back order. Patriots get the ball. Nine-minute drive. Tom Brady. You wonder how many passes Tom Brady's going to throw? Two. Yep. Two passes. <laughs> yep. He's going to throw the ball twice. It's going to be James White, James White, Sony Michelle. James White, Sony Michelle, Sony Michelle. One pass to Julian Edelman for like four yards. Sony Michelle, Sony Michelle, James White. Just runs. Drive takes nine minutes to kick a field goal. Yep. <laughs> All right. Goes 32 yards. Yep. 32 yard field goal, right? Chiefs get the ball back. They take 28 seconds off the clock. Three incomplete passes from Pat. Or maybe one that gets caught, but he runs out of bounds, like Damien Williams, right? Yeah. Okay. Patriots get the ball back. 10-minute drive. Same thing. Brady throws three passes this time. This time it's a touchdown. They lead 10-0 going into the second quarter. Game over. Yep. At that point, it's game over. Because at that point, it won't matter. Because the the Chiefs' defense will be so gassed that... Andy Reid will completely abandon the run. They it's gonna will be not so, run. It's going to be so gassed that Andy Reid's going to be out of breath. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they will not run the ball a single time the rest of the game. Pat drops back, like, 45 times. He finishes, like, 
32 of 45 for 360 yards. Everybody forgets about the fact he started one of six and couldn't complete a pass. And the Patriots win like 33 to 30. There's your Chiefs-Patriots game. Congrats. 33 to 30. I don't yeah. think so, buddy. It's going to be like... 20 to 17. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to look a lot like that San Francisco game. Oh, yeah, it is. I just, yeah. It's not this is going to be, be a whole bunch of, like, fluff at the end. Yeah, they're going to score both their touchdowns and a field goal in the third quarter. Yeah. The Chiefs are. It's, it's, just gonna look, it's just going to look so close, but then people are going to be like, oh, wow, the Chiefs were scoreless in the first quarter. Again. Because that's what happens when the Chiefs play the Patriots. With Pat Mahomes, apparently. Especially this year when they haven't been able to score on the opening drive. Right. Like, I don't know. I, I just... If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I don't, it's it's fine. But I just... I don't I see... see here's, what, here's how I see the rest of the AFC shaking out. It's going to make everyone so upset. You know what's going to happen this... You know what's going to happen this weekend? You ready for this? The Patriots are going to beat the Chiefs. Okay? Are the yeah. Raiders going to win? No. The Raiders aren't going to win. But you know who else is going to win this week? Hmm. The Buffalo Bills. Yeah. Against the Baltimore Ravens. Oh, my God. And that's going to put the Patriots right back up at number one. And they're going to have, like, a shoe-in number one seed. Because they're not going to li- Because what's going to happen is... The Chiefs are like, what the last like really good team they played besides the Bills again, right? Right. Because that's what's going to happen. Is that the Patriots are going to go to 11-2. and two. With their only tough game left being Buffalo, but, but Buffalo's Fox, go- right. But Buffalo's gonna beat Baltimore and be a game back and be like, "Oh man, here we go. We got our shot. We got our opportunity. All Buffalo's got to do is beat New England this one fucking time. That's all they got to do. All they got to do is beat Buffalo. Uh, be- beat New England. That's all they got to do. Josh Allen. All you got to do is beat is beat New England this one time, and they're gonna lose by twenty. Wouldn't the and the, and the AFC wait. is just gonna fall into the lap of the Patriots again? Wouldn't the Bills be the two seed then too? No, no they because have to be the six seed. yeah, so, but they'd be the second. They did the second best record technically. Right, they'd have, be two seed they'd have the second best best record, but they'd be, be a wild card. Right, because the way the NFL seeds playoffs is stupid, which is something I'd like to talk about real quick. Is this gonna be because of the Dallas Cowboys? Yeah, I think it, or the it, NFC this, East this in is general. Long running problem, and for some reason I never brought it up it, in conversation. It happens. Like, normally it's okay, but then every few years this happens. Yeah, but, like, all you have to do to eliminate this, it, this is not difficult, and I don't understand. This doesn't shake anything up. It doesn't make divisional, like, winning a division any less important. Uh, just teams with the best record should be seeded as such once they make the playoffs. You should still be guaranteed a playoff spot for winning your division. We've all, I yeah, that's, that. that's but I've been you, saying that for years. Once you're in the bracket, seed it like you would actually see the bracket. It's something I don't understand. As somebody who like runs brackets for fighting games and stuff like that, it, it it's just it's like you're putting like somebody you know who's like the second best at seed six just because you can. Or it's like you put them at no no no. It would be like here's what it would be like. It would be like your top three players, right? Uh-huh. Two of them get buys into the next round, right? Yeah, that's fine. Like your top, there's like three three players. Yeah, two of them are gonna get the thing, right? Right. And you know that the first, the best player, right, mm-hmm. matches up really, really bad with the third best player because the third best player is like his main 
is like a hard counter yeah. to the best player's main, right? Right. And what ends up happening is that third best player like sweeps that first place guy, even though he's the best player, like all around. Right. Right. But instead, and, and, but because of that, you're saying, okay, well, you get knocked down to like sixth because of that. Yeah. That's stupid. And then what that person does is just he waxes the third place guy by he like three stocks him. And it's not even close. Right? Right. Which is what's going to happen to Dallas or Philly this year. Yeah. Because whoever they play, whether it be Seattle or San Fran, they are going to get... <laughs> they, if somehow it's Philly, oh my God. Philly is going to get like... Murdered. Murdered by either San Fran or Seattle. Like, absolutely just run off the field. That'll be so bad. Oh my God. See, that this is... I, mean, I think it would, would be somewhat. It would be that team coming in is still going to get waxed because of the way because of the way it works. It would be a little closer if it was Dallas. I don't. I think Dallas could at least make a game competitive. Make maybe. a game competitive with Seattle or San Francisco. The Eagles lost to the fucking Dolphins, and not even like in like a crazy upset fashion. They were nipping at their heels the entire game. Philly led fourteen to nothing at one point. Yeah, at the very beginning of the game. Yeah. And then from there, it did not happen anymore. They were outscored, what would it be? They were outscored 31 to 17. Yeah. From that point forward. Like, what the fuck? Every time I looked up at my computer, because I had that game on, because I was starting the Philadelphia defense in fantasy, every time I looked up, uh, Miami was in the red zone. Every time. I was like, like, Philly had just finished punting. And I turned around to like sip a glass of water, and I looked back, and they were in the red zone. I'm like, "What the fuck is happening?" Well, Philly secondary's trash. I get that, but they're like front seven's really good. Yeah, it doesn't matter, I guess. I guess it doesn't matter. I guess it doesn't matter when you play Ryan Fitzpatrick. We could just like, it's weird. What, yeah. a, what a strange, what a strange entity, good old Ryan Fitzpatrick yeah. is. But it's it just it. You look at it, and you're like, "Wow, this whole thing is seated improperly." What the fuck? Can I? I do. I do want to see. Yeah, what's what's the devil's advocate excuse for it? Do you have one? No, like that that di- that winning divisions is like shouldn't guarantee you should, at the worst the fourth seed. It should put yeah. you in the sixth seed if you're the sixth best team going in. That just makes sense to me. No, winning your division should get you into the playoffs. That's fine, but if you're the and one, that is it. Yeah, and you're the one with the worst record. You should be seed number six. Yeah, pretty. Easy. It puts way too much. There's already way too much focus on just beating the teams in your division. Like every like I've read a lot of stuff from a lot of different people that have worked within the NFL. And like even the Ravens. Like John Harbaugh has admitted like they build their team to beat two teams and it's it's to beat Pittsburgh and to beat New England. That's it. Well, yeah. He's like, that's all he focuses on. Now, granted, this year, it's it. This year's a little different. I mean, it makes sense because like it's harder to have like a a concrete game plan against somebody. Some teams you only play like in rotation once a year, and then you play you play New England much more than a lot of the other teams. You've seen I just, them, you if you're going to go to the playoffs, you're going to see them. I just don't understand the value in it because if you spend all of your time trying to beat these three teams, right, and you do, and say you're really good at it. Right. Yeah, but if you're not good at anything else, you're But if lose. you're not good at anything else... But the Ravens aren't having that problem. Yeah, like if you go 6-0 and in your division, but then you go 3-12 and 
what it what would it be three and seven down the stretch, you're nine and seven. Right. You're like a borderline wild card team, or you're a division winner if you're in the NFC East. Right. Which I guess is what Dallas is doing. That's literally what That's Dallas what's is doing. going to end up being. They're going to go nine and seven and make the playoffs. They're going to go six and zero in their division. Yeah. And they're going to beat. <laughs> they're going to beat three other. T- I don't even know who they've beaten. Who? What other teams have they beaten this year? Miami. They beat. Yeah, they beat Miami. And that game was close. Like, Miami led at yes. one point in that yes, game. Yes, they did. Uh, they've beaten Miami. They beat... Uh, they didn't beat the Jets. No, they did not. Um, what was the other NFC division they played? Um, they played... It wasn't the South, was so, it? So it had North. to have been the South, because they didn't play... They're not they playing played, like the Rams in San Fran. No, they played the North. Oh, they played the North. That's right. Because okay. they played Green Bay. They played Green Bay. Let's see. Uh, and lost. They got see. they got bounced by Green Bay. Yeah, so they beat the Dolphins. They they play Chicago on Thursday. Right. Um. Let's see. They beat the they beat the Lions. In a barely. game that was yeah, and barely like that was the Jeff Driscoll game where they almost lost. Those are the only two out of division wins they have. <laughs> so well, from what they they're have left, they're four zero in their. So, okay, so there's so from what there's your left, argument for is like, oh well, Dallas clearly deserves a home playoff game. They won their division. Yeah, they're gonna go six and zero, and maybe beat. They're probably gonna beat their Chicago. Remaining opponents are Chicago, the Rams, and then and then Philly and Washington again. <coughs> and so they only have to. If they lose one of those two games, your exact scenario comes true. Yeah. Like they could very easily lose to the Rams. Right. So but and that's that's gonna be the thing. Is like, oh man, six and oh, get get you get you into the playoffs. And if the, that's that, what it does. If it, that Bears front gets to Dak really well. You could also be the fuck the Jamarcus Russell led. You could also be the Jamarcus Russell led Oakland Raiders who went six and zero in their division and went zero and ten against everybody else. Dude, they could lose both of those and go into the playoffs as an eight and eight team. That happened to the Rams too. Like it did happen. In to the Jeff Rams. Jeff Fisher years. It did. Yeah, they went six and zero in their division and lost to everybody else. Yeah, so they could go into the playoffs as an eight and eight team, only winning two games outside of their division. Think about it against shit teams. Think about it from an inverse way. Think about if you didn't give a shit about your division, and you were like, "Eh, we'll win one game," but went ten to zero because everybody else. Well, you'd have to focus against ten different teams every single year. Right. That's right? why you just designate. Here's where instead. Okay, I'm gonna you bl- only focus on three teams. In case, in case I ever become a head and coach in the teams. NFL, I'm gonna blow my strategy right here to pub to the public. So hopefully no one ever listens to this. If I was a head coach in the NFL, you know what I would do? I would hire, I'm trying to think. I would hire 13 assistant coaches. And you know what their job would be? Or their only job would be, one of them would have a real easy job. Because all I want him to do is just watch tape from last year from the team we're playing week one. And then the second assistant coach, his whole job, whoever we're playing week two, his whole job is, I want you to watch their game week one. Like say we're playing the Carolina, say I'm the coach of the Green Bay Packers and we play Carolina week two. I have an assistant coach. His only job is I want you to watch the Panthers game week one. Just show me what they, just tell me what they do. That's it. That's all your job is. I want you to literally chart every single thing they do on offense, defense, special teams. And when we're playing them, I want you to tell me and we're going to prepare for the play of the Panthers. And that way, by week 17, you have a guy 
or by week like 15, you have a coach on your squad that has watched that team, whoever you're playing week 14, play 13 games. Like, he understands this team about as good as their own coaches do. And then you, I, he tells me, like, okay, what should I do? Tell me my, tell me my, what they're bad at, what they're good at, what should I do, what should I not do? And then you're like, okay, that's what we're going to do. That's what I would do if I was a coach. If Bruce Arians can have, like, 30 assistant coaches, because he does. He has like a ton of assistant coaches. He has an ass- I brought it up on the show. He has an assistant coach that his only job is to tell him when to challenge. He's like an ex-official. And he tells him like, hey, you should challenge that. That's all that guy does. His whole job. So you tell me I can't have an assistant coach that his whole job is to just watch the film of a team that we're playing like, maybe I don't need like 16. Maybe I'll just cycle like the same four. Maybe. That's you what uh, doing like quarterback rooms do. Uh, head co- the whatever starting quarterback. Say you're Drew Brees. He'll be like, "Hey, hey, Teddy, go watch the past four games of these of the Atlanta Falcons. Tell me what they're doing." Mm-hmm. And Teddy's like, "Okay." And I gotta go watch the. Hi, Drew says I gotta go watch the last four games of what the Atlanta Falcons are doing. So I'm gonna go do that. Yeah. And then he's like, all right, this is what they're doing. And Drew's like, hey, thanks, man. So, yeah. See, why why don't you just have multiple people doing that? Yeah. But as opposed to, like, but have, like, coaches doing that. Yeah. So that when, so as from a head coach standpoint, you spend less time scouting your opponent because you've already had somebody doing that for you, right? Uh Uh-huh. And they give you all of this information about your opponent. And it's not just from, like, a couple of weeks, Right, it's not just from like the last three weeks. It's like a progression, right? Where they're like, "This is what they were doing early. This is what they're doing now. This is this. This is this." And then you can spend your entire time as a head coach just preparing your game plan, as opposed to going back and watching stuff to develop your game plan. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I know that sounds like micromanaging, and it creates like like a middleman, I guess you could say. But like if that's if you got if like if my job if I got hired by the Tennessee Titans and Mike Vrabel came up to me he's like all I want you to do for the first 10 weeks is just watch what the Indianapolis Colts do and just jot it all down and report it back to me week 10 and just let me know. I'm like, "Okay. I can do that. That's easy as shit. That's the easiest thing in the world. All you got to do is watch one team. That's it. And figure out what they do. And by the time you get ready to play them. You have 10 weeks of scouting that you've compiled over a long period of time versus a coaching staff trying to prepare for a team and cram all 10 weeks of that into three days. You know what I mean? Right. Makes okay. sense. Yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like that would be like what I would do. I feel like that's like a, I don't know. Maybe that's a dumb thing to do because you're not doing it yourself. You're not seeing it yourself. Maybe. But, like, if another person's watching it, like, they're going to see the same thing you see. They're up in the booth telling you what they're seeing. Yeah. Like, they're going to see it. So, it's not like... I don't know. Maybe that's just me. That's what... Seems sound. Yeah. That's what I would do if I was a head coach. I would just hire a shit ton of assistants and be like, okay, this is all you do. Their mentality behind doing the whole thing when they look at the vision, they think, oh, we, we focus on three teams. 
and we were focused on being those that's six guaranteed games we win. That's only we only have to do three more games right. on top of that. But like <sighs> Dallas, up, but then you end up being like the Cowboys. But yeah. they do other stuff. To, it's not like it's the only thing they do. It's not the only thing they do. It can't be the only thing they do. It, it's physically impossible. It is. It isn't. Okay. Like I've even heard ex players say, like, yeah, like. You don't really pay attention to stuff going on in the league. You don't really pay attention to the other teams. You pay attention to yourself. You pay attention to the three teams in your division, and, like, that's really it. Like, why? Why are you only paying attention to the three other teams? You you play ten other teams. Yeah. Why aren't you paying attention to what they're doing prior to the week you play them? That doesn't make a lot of sense. Can't you just have it, like, in the back of your mind? Like, oh, no, we need to, like... Hammer in this week. We only can focus on this team this week. Okay, then why don't you have somebody planning ahead? Right. For the opponents later in the... I don't know. Maybe I'm... Maybe I'm the only person that's ever thought of this. I can't be the only person who've ever thought of that. No, no way. There's no way. So that either is happening in the league or it's not happening in the league. And if it isn't happening... If it is happening in the league and it isn't working, I want to know why. I wonder if... uh. Belichick does something similar. That, that was gonna say the only there's only probably two people that I could think would do that, and the only two people that I think would do that would be like Bill Belichick and maybe Sean Payton. Yeah, that I might see, be. I can see Sean Payton doing that too. Like, I, the only the weird thing about Sean Payton though is I can kind of see Sean Payton not being a super big fan of in-game analytics. I can see that. Yeah, I feel like Sean Payton's like the type of guy that like he trusts his like like his creative process. Yeah, his creative process and his like instincts. Like they talked about that with Kyle Shanahan. Like Kyle Shanahan is not super big on in-game analytics, but if you go back uh and look at the game film and look at what he's doing in game, it's almost like he doesn't need it. It's almost like he has like a sixth sense right. of like, I know what I need to do. I don't need to see the numbers, if that makes sense. If you have a good enough understanding of it, it gets yeah. to a point. You don't really need to know like, right. oh, I know what I should do here. Right. You don't need to like see it in front of you, which is not what Jason Garrett does. Jason Garrett's like, I don't need to know any of that stuff. And Jerry Jones is like, ah, oh, man, I, the only person that knows if a play is going to work is God. Like, I'm like reads, Jerry, like, shut the fuck up, Andy dude. Reads, then, like, I'm going to go down the street and pick up some Subway for the boy. Yeah. like, <laughs> And then that clip gets played every 10 minutes on SportsCenter. Oh, my God. It's a really good clip, though. That's really, I don't know. It's like so, it's so perfect. It like sums up their season so well. It just sums it up. Like, oh, it's just in the hands of God. Like, no, it's not, Jerry. Make better choices. He is just like... For God's sakes, fire your... All right, well, let's transition to that. Ron Rivera got fired. What's your thoughts? Um, he collapsed midseason last season and is currently doing it, or it was currently in the process of doing and it what, lost their last four straight? Yeah. So it's like, I mean, it's is, it's like... Midseason firings don't really... The that's thing what is like, like, I, I don't really get is because interim coaches from in-house never stay. No. So it's not like you're like, oh, we're just going to see if we got somebody in-house. Like, you no, they're, you're going to get somebody else. You're going to get a hot, trendy name. Jim Harbaugh is the big one. He He's the current, which is crazy. He's currently the favorite to yeah, win but like, is he going to Michigan? No. 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 
He's gonna come up multiple times. He's gonna go to. He's not gonna come back until there's an opening in the NFC North against his brother. Ooh, that'd be cool. No, no. Oh yeah, AFC North. Maybe like maybe the Cleveland Browns shot. No, he's not gonna go to Cleveland. He's not gonna go to Cleveland. He do. Do you realize how much shit he deals with right now at Michigan? Yeah. Despite the fact he wins like nine games a year. Yeah, but that's not good enough in college. No, it's not. Well, nothing's good enough in college unless you go undefeated and go to the playoff. Right. If you don't go undefeated and go to the playoff in college football, you're a failure of a head coach, apparently. Yeah. Which I don't really agree with, but that's the culture. That's, that's the way it works there. That, that's that's what happens when you have four seeds. Yeah. Yeah, as opposed to eight. Yeah, why do you, why do you even do a top 25? Just do fucking top It's going to be 10. It's going to be eight within the next, like, three years. It's. I don't think it's going to... The problem with it going to eight is I feel like five through eight are just going to get demolished by the top four. It's going to, it's going to, people are going to be like, why do we even have a top eight? Five through eight, never win. That's what's going to happen. It's going to be, it's going to be a top six. First two are going to get by us. I'm, I'm more okay with that than a top eight. Because that's, it, once you get down to seven and eight, you're stretching. Yeah. In college football. So, anyway, getting back to the pros, um, I, the whole Ron Rivera wait, wait. thing. I want to go back to. I want to. I want to go back to oh. Jim. Oh Just yeah, yeah. Go ahead. A few weeks ago, there was a good clip, and he, after they lost to somebody, it might have been. It was too recent to be the Ohio State game, so it was before that, and they were like, his quote was, "You can't, you can't, you can't plant potatoes one day and expect to have potato salad the next day." Mm-hmm. In regards to like him building his team and culture, yeah. And problem my is, my thing is you've been planting potatoes every year since you got there. Yeah, you can have some potato salad by now. Yeah, you just aren't planting good enough potatoes, or you're not digging them up right. Yeah. So I saw a statistic that has, that said Ohio State has had this is a fun one. Ohio State has had 69 four or five star recruits. I think in the last four years, right? And that's that's completely like they they've put twelve players in the first round, right? And that time frame, okay? So almost it was sixty nine four or five star recruits, double digit first round players in the NFL draft. Michigan has had seventy one in the same time frame and has put four. Into the top round. So you're getting more players. Right. The numbers are there. You are getting more four or five star recruits than your arch rival. Right. Why are they not developing into better players? I wonder what the ratio of four or five is like between the four players and the five players. That would be an interesting. Because I didn't know I, that. I feel like. Maybe there's just a ton of four stars. I feel like the reason why they did that is because it skews more in favor of what they're trying to say. Do you know what I'm saying? That might be true. I didn't even think. Yeah, because maybe like Ohio, maybe of the 69 four or five star recruits Ohio State's getting like 30, four, 45 30. of them or five stars. Right. But it, the inverse is true for Michigan where it's just a lot of four star players. Right. Um, that might be true. Uh, so It's like what I want to get to with the Steelers winning against the Brownies this week. I was hoping one of you was going to ask me, like, oh, Kuiper, do you want to talk about that game? And I was just going to detonate and, and <laughs> scream for 25 minutes. 
I I did. I got drunk the other day <laughs> and did some stats analysis. Okay. On the Pittsburgh offense this year. About how bad it is? Yeah. Okay. I All can't right. wait. What was the final score of that game? 20 to 13. Okay, I just want I just want to preface this before you say all of this. Right. Okay. It was 20 to 13, right? Who won? Uh Pittsburgh did. Okay, okay. Okay, good. All right. Okay. I just wanted to bring up that point up. Okay. So Pittsburgh is 29th in the league with 24 yards per drive. Mhm. 26 scoring, only one and a half points per drive. Mhm. Their special team returns have been awful. Mhm. You, as usual. Right. Special teams are awful. Another part of the game that should be taken very seriously, given their struggles on offense. Mm-hmm. Their average scoring drive is 49 yards out. Mm-hmm. Remember last year when we were saying, Josh Allen can't do anything unless he's on the other side of the 50. Yep. That's literally true for the Steelers this mm-hmm. year. We only score if we get a turnover. Right. So that means the defense and the special teams has to get them to the other side of the 50 yeah to put them into enemy territory for them to be able to score mm-hmm. they scored 42 times yep okay including three defensive scores so put that down to 39 and then 25 of those were field goals so 24 touchdowns yes have been scored this year by the pittsburgh offense yeah Okay. I think three of them were long touchdowns, like the Deontay Johnson, and then like the seventy-five yard Juju. Mm-hmm. There was a seventy-five yard one from Juju, the long one on Monday night to Deontay. The long there was a, been a couple long ones, one against Cincinnati and the other one against Cleveland from Washington. So a lot of them have been like big plays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, uh, it's all good. I nope. literally did. I didn't do this for any other team to compare it to. So so I don't really, honestly, I don't really know if 49 yards out is bad or not for average scoring position, but it doesn't sound great. No. This is what we're talking about when we're talking about like skewed analytics. Mm -hmm. Um, so, because I'm just telling you, this is not good. No, no, no. I understand it's not good. You're going to, you're going to believe me. Because you're not going to go out and do the work and compare it to everybody else. Because it's not a stat that's readily available. What's the average scoring position of this team? It's a lot of work. <laughs> you did all that while drunk. I did. Man. Amazing. It, I took love me, how- it took me so long because we were in a heated conversation in our group chat. And I was like, ooh, I'm going to go in on this. And I- then everybody completely moved on. And I posted my stats, and nobody gave a fuck. <laughs> I love how like productive you get when you get drunk, dude. It's like it. I love like you shared that thing because I've known you for a long time, right? And I feel like that's normal. I feel like that's always been a thing, like you tearing apart your laundry room, right? Looking for a sweater. Yeah, I gave up after like a half hour. Couldn't find it, so I'm like, all right, I got to put all this shit back. Start putting everything back. And then I realized, oh, hey, look, there's a sweater on top of the dryer. I'll pick it up, and it was the sweater I'm looking for. I haven't had this sweater for a year and a half. (laughs) There's no way it's just been sitting on top of the dryer for a year and a half. Yeah. So can I talk about 
<sighs> Pittsburgh and Cleveland real yeah, quick. Go ahead. Yeah, can we can you convince Mark that Tomlin's not coach of the year by any standards? Yeah, okay. Um there's only one candidate for coach of the year. In my so head, I understand why Tomlin is going to be nominated. For, he's going to go up for coach of the year. He's, he may not win um, because I think that Kyle Shanahan's probably going to win. It's either Kyle Shanahan or John Harbaugh. Or John Harbaugh. Because like, um, being, able to, being able to metamorphosize your team like that in the span of less than a year. I it's pretty astounding. The thing about Tomlin, I made the the comment that I made about people saying that oh he's going to win coach of the year is this year almost makes me more frustrated with Tomlin because it's almost like for the first for the last 4 years prior to this year when we had a top 10 quarterback and a top 5 running back and the best wide receiver and a top 5 offensive line and a really good number 2 receiver that Tomlin was just like I don't need to coach anymore. I don't need to make second half adjustments. I don't need to actually scout and, you know, figure out how to beat bad teams. I don't need to figure out how to beat New England. I'm just going to let my talent do everything for me. And now that we're not talented on offense at all, now Tomlin feels the need to like, oh, you know what? I'm going to coach again. And, you know, go to the whiteboard and draw things up. Because that's what uh, Minka Fitzpatrick said he did during halftime in Cleveland. He actually, like, went and actually started, like, you know, Remember the Titans things. Yeah, remembering, yeah, doing like a remember the Titans thing. And my whole thing was like, that's cool. Why did it take so long for you to do that again? Or did you ever do that? Why did it take this long? Why did it take so long for us to hear about this? For you doing stuff like this? Because it wouldn't be a story if you did it all the time. Tomlin, you, oh God, ooh. He was complacent. Oh God. Just like uh, your friend up in Green Bay last year. Yep. Mike McCarthy, yeah. Yep, same thing. It just went on too like, long. Oh, I'm just going to let Aaron take care of it. So, so, so if Aaron's going to be the whole, take care of it anymore. If you want to nominate Tomlin for Coach of the Year because of everything that has happened to the Steelers this year and them still being 7-5 and five and potentially going to be a wild card team and if they play Houston, I think they win a playoff game. I think that's the only team they could possibly beat Yeah. in, this, in the playoff. That's the only team. I agree. Um, they're not going to beat Kansas City. They're not going to beat New England. They're not going to beat... But, as much as close as that game was the first time, I don't think they would beat Baltimore again I, right I now. I doubt both Houston and Pittsburgh get in. Buffalo oh, Houston's have, 100% going to get in. That's right, yeah. No, they're At this point, Houston's going to get in. Yeah, no, like, win. They have to play Tennessee twice. There's no way Tennessee's going to beat them both times. Yeah, you don't think? No. And at that point, like Houston's already lost four games... Yeah, it's gonna be those two in the division. Yes, they. Yeah, they probably end up playing. Ten- yeah, yeah, they probably end up playing Houston. Tennessee would come in as a sixth. Yeah. So, but anyway, oh, we got shiny. Um, it's the square. Oh, it's the nice. square shiny too. Oh, oh, oh shit! That's that's super rare chance. His cutie's pink. Anyway. Um. Yeah. Sorry, I had to get excited. If you wanna, if you wanna throw Tomlin's name in the hat because of all that stuff, I get it. I understand it. But. You have to realize that a lot of the stuff that has been happening with Pittsburgh this year, someone called, you actually said this earlier, and I kind of disagree with you. You called Pittsburgh discount New England this year. Diet. But Di- I'm sorry, diet New England this year. <laughs> this it, It's going to sound weird. They, they, they and let me, let, me, let me explain it. Okay. okay. They're not discount New England. Diet. Diet New England. You know what they actually are? Hmm. Their diet, San Francisco. 
Because what they actually are is a very talented defense. Okay? Not as talented. Again, it's diet, San Fran. Right, we're talking. They're not as talented, right. like that, but, but they're less. talented. Right. Right? On offense, go look at San Francisco's numbers offensively. They're not very effective offensively. They're really good at deep passes because they play they do play action really well. They're a really good play action team. They're not very efficient running the football. They're like 25th. Yeah, but they just do it a lot. At running the football. Pittsburgh's not very effective doing anything. Well, no, offensively. offensively no, nothing. Okay. They only need to do some Jimmy Garoppolo is clearly better than Devlin Hodges, obviously. Okay? Again, we're talking diet. It's not the same. It's diet, right? But the comparisons offensively are it doesn't necessarily seem to matter who the running backs are for either team. Okay. They're both pretty like it's all like it levels out, right? Like it doesn't matter who San Francisco puts in at running back, they're going to be good, right? And it also doesn't seem to matter who Pittsburgh puts in. It they're just kind of meh, right? Like it doesn't really matter. Like the offensive line is good enough in Pittsburgh to just be like, oh, like anyone can go out there and average three yards to carry. You know? No one's yeah. gonna average more because they're all not very good. And James Conner can't stay healthy. I feel bad for that kid. I do feel bad for James Conner. Um Juju is obviously not the same player without a number one receiver because he's not the number one receiver. But is Juju individually a little better than some of the receivers San Fran has right now? It's probably pretty close between him and Emmanuel Sanders. But other than that, he's probably better than like Debo Samuel and all those other guys. So offensive line for Pittsburgh is still one of the top rated offensive lines. San Fran's is like up there too, but not quite as high. Um, Kittle's obviously the best offensive player for either team. Um, Pittsburgh has no answer there. So like they're not as good, but I also want to remind people that of all of the games San Francisco has played this year in which they haven't lost... Pittsburgh gave them the toughest game that they almost did lose. And now, granted, we haven't seen them play New Orleans yet. But as it stands right now, the three games that San Fran has played the worst in are the two games they lost and the game against Pittsburgh. And that was before Minka Fitzpatrick. That might have been Minka's first game. I don't remember. Um, But um, I'm going to move off the Steelers real quick, and I'm just going to laugh at the Browns for a second. Um. Because I find it really funny that the Browns, the whole drama around the Browns, this game was about a t-shirt that said Pittsburgh started it. And it's really funny because it's juxtaposed to another team in the division that also have a shirt that they've kind of like trademarked. And it was Lamar wearing a shirt that said, nobody cares, work harder. And you you see the, juxta, the juxtaposition yeah. of the mental aptitude of these two teams. And don't give me this, oh, it's just Freddie. I guarantee you every every single Cleveland Browns player, when they found out that Freddie Kitchens wore that shirt, loved it. I bet they loved it. I bet they thought I bet they wanted one. I bet they all wanted a shirt that said Pittsburgh started it. I get I bet they all did. Like, I don't care if it's uh it, in the whole like Oh, his daughters bought it for him. And, oh, he tried zipping it up, and he didn't want it to show. Clearly, in the picture, he didn't have it zipped up because it was showing. It was clearly showing. It wasn't clearly showing. It was, like, half showing. It wasn't even, like, Sean Payton a few years ago wearing the Clown Goodell shirt. Right. So, and 
I don't like the fact that this now just becomes another thing where the Browns fans are just going to write this whole year off on Freddie and that's all Freddie's fault. And if we had any other, if we had, how many people are in the world right now? Nine billion? Yeah. If we had any of the nine billion other people coaching this team, we would have been better off. No, you wouldn't. Not at all. This is not the way it works. Like, the reason why Freddie is there is because Freddie had a relationship with Baker, and Freddie pulled out the best in Baker last year. So Don, John Dorsey, who I'm trying to say anything against John Dorsey, John Dorsey was run out of Kansas City. He has a little bit of an ego. Yep. And funny enough, that the GM that was run out of Kansas City for having a little bit of an ego drafted or drafts a quarterback who has what? An ego. He promotes an offensive coordinator or a running back coach to an offensive coordinator, to a head coach. And the problem with Freddie is that with this shirt and with this press conference after, it appears that Freddie has a little bit of what? An ego. Are you catching a trend here Yeah. of the problem with the Cleveland Browns? They have, they have too much of an ego. And you know what? I, I, I don't... I don't it's an ongoing gimmick on this show that I can't stay in Cleveland fans. And part of the reason why I can't stay in Cleveland fans is because I feel like they're the only fans in the world that can't take criticism fairly about their own team. And they just feel like everyone's picking on them. No, your, your team's just a joke. Like, wake up in the morning and admit your team's a joke. I'm sorry. Just, just admit it, please. You would, you would save me a whole lot of gray hair if every day... You could just wake up and go on Facebook. Yeah, my team sucks. As opposed to this garbage that I have. And people, I actually have a good friend of mine that works with me. His name's Tyler, and he's a Browns fan. And when I was kind of ripping into him when the Browns were losing, he's like, oh, man, the media was buffing us up, saying we were going to win the Super Bowl. I didn't. None of us thought that at all. Us Cleveland fans are smarter than that. And I sent him, like, a slideshow. I saved every single thing from every single Browns fan that I have on my Twitter and on my Facebook and everything I had of all of the nonsense that they were saying after they got Odell and after they got Olivier Vernon and after they got Kareem Hunt, I saved every single thing and I sent it to him. I'm like, none of these people seem to be mass media to me, Tyler. These are all fans. This is all the shit that you all were saying that your team was going to achieve this year and this is the shit that annoys me and this is why I can't stand you. Because you do it every single year. Every Genhart said it in one of the episodes. Like, man, it seems like the, the Cleveland Browns' thing is, you know how Stephen A. Like, hates the Cowboys fans? And the reason why he says he hates the Cowboys fans because every single year after the year's over, he's like, you know, we're going to win the Super Bowl next year, right? Like, he and he can't stand that. It's the same thing with Cleveland fans with me, where every single year it's like, you know, we're going to be better next year, right? You know, we're going to get you, we know we're going to, you know we're going to get you next year, right? No, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're not going to be better next year. You're not going to be better the year after that. You're going to be a dumpster fire for the rest of eternity. And you need to just deal with it and live with it and shut your mouth and stop talking about how good your team is when you add one of the best players in the National Football League, a pass rusher that's was in a Pro Bowl a couple years ago. You have two great running backs. You have two great receivers. You have a rookie quarterback that, had he played from the start of the year last year, probably could have won Rookie of the Year. You were supposed to have this great defense, and you are currently two games under 500, and you're probably going to finish nine and seven because your schedule's really soft down the stretch. Well, not nine and seven. You're probably going to finish like eight and eight. Eight and eight. 
which is still not above 500. And you're going to get a new head coach next year, and Baker's going to be pissed about it. Ron Rivera. Yeah. Not, God, Ron Rivera's not going to go there. Yeah, I bet he was. I bet he does. No, he's not. Bet you. Bet. Bet. Diaper bet. I'm not diaper betting. No, not diaper betting. I, I don't what? know. I don't know Ron Rivera that well. I know how bad the Lions are pretty well. What's the bet, though? I don't know. Um, hey, I want something because I don't. I don't want to put a whole lot of stake in it. The it last be something like really. Here's tiny. the thing. Baker's gonna get pissed that Freddie's gone. Yeah. Because Baker's because Freddie's Baker's guy. Mm-hmm. And everyone's just gonna write this off as oh it's just the Freddie Kitchens year. Freddie Kitchens is awful, and we need to get a a better head coach. Tell me a head coach that is going to have the options between Dallas because Jason Garrett's going to get fired. Yeah, absolutely. And Cleveland. And Carolina. And Carolina. Regardless if Cam Newton comes back or not. If Cam Newton comes back, let's assume that. Say, say they don't get rid of Cam. Say Cam Newton comes back. And you have a choice between Cleveland, Carolina, and Dallas. Why in the hell would you pick Cleveland over Carolina and I think Dallas? There are gonna be, I think there will be candidates for it just because they're going to be coaches who see the talent on the yeah, roster. Mm-hmm, they see the talent on the roster and they're like, if I can reign this, I have a Super Bowl caliber team. And then they jump on it. I can see it happening. Oh, yeah. There's plenty of coaches that are stubborn enough and, and, want and, have, the, and have the what? Ego. Yeah. That's not something Cleveland needs more of. Uh, so go ahead and bring them down you, to earth. Yeah, exactly. So if you have the ego of saying, oh, man, I could take that roster, turn them around. Guess what? You will be more of a problem than you will be a solution. What they need is someone that has no ego, none at all, and just is like bare bones, like to the fact, which is what Juan Rivera is. Build a team in the trenches, which yeah. Ron Rivera does. Yeah. I think he'd be a good fit. Uh, their offensive line the last couple of years hasn't been very good. They just need to do yeah. Well, yeah, well, Cleveland, they're doing anything. If they're, I, if Cleveland's going to do anything this offseason. If they don't go and, like, hard in I, on offensive line, they are fucked. I'm just, I'm just reveling. I'm just swimming in the I'm – try, what I'm trying to do is swim in the perpetual misery of Cleveland fans. But what irritates me is they, is they do this thing where they do the, the – they're the all well or the all shucks type of thing. Like, oh, well, you know, we weren't this and we weren't that. I actually had – my dad watched that game amongst a bunch of Cleveland fans. Do you know that he actually had, like, one of them look him in the face and say, like – because he was talking about all the Steelers that weren't playing. Like, we're on our third-string quarterback. Juju's not playing. James Conner's not playing. Marquise Pouncey's not playing. Stephon Tewitt's not playing. Like – Four or five of our top eight players aren't playing, right? This dude had the audacity to look my dad in the face and go, Oh, well, they're all professionals. Like, there is, there's a reason you why they're backups. You want to fucking... Ex- so you mean to tell me that if Aaron Rodgers goes out for Green Bay and they put the backup in, there should be no drop-off? Because they're professionals? When that You're happened, an asshole! When that happened two years ago. Are you serious? When it happened two years ago, it was misery. And they still beat Cleveland, baby! I've had people... I've actually seen Cleveland fans write things like, Oh, well, our schedule's harder than Pittsburgh's this year. It's the same schedule. It's the same schedule. It's the same fucking schedule. Oh, my God. It, oh, God. Cleveland's just more stacked at the beginning of the year. It wasn't even ours was st- st- stacked the same way as theirs was. 
Hmm. Our first three games were San Fran, New England, and Seattle. <laughs> yeah, but Cleveland, I think, didn't get a, 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 a game against a team under 500 until, like, well, they had the Jets game. Early. Yeah. But I think that then they had a long stretch, I think. Let's see. Our first game with a team under 500 was Cincinnati on Monday night. Yep. And that was, like, week, what, five? Four. No, it was five. It was five. So we waited one extra week to play a team that was actually bad. So, anyway, I'm done. No, they started, but, but yeah, the Browns started the season getting blown out by uh, Marcus Mariota. So. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, I'm done talking about that. Want to talk about another game? Yeah, uh, I want to talk about another team. So, how come nobody ever... We know, we know well, this year's the exception, because he didn't play for five games, but... We know Drew Brees and Teddy Bridgewater or whatever isn't going to be nominated for Offensive Player of the Year. Well, Teddy might be nominated for Comeback Player of the Year. He'd probably win. He'd probably win that. Yeah, I think so. But past three years, Sean Payton's one division. He's not going to be considered for Coach of the Year. It's kind of the same reason why I feel like Bill Belichick doesn't win it every year. I think a lot of people. I think a lot of people under. It's like the same reason why LeBron doesn't win MVP every year. But like it's the clear, reason why it's clear Le- that they're the best coaches. It's LeBron's not going to win because of voter fatigue. Mm-hmm. Nobody's ever voted for Sean Payton for coach. Well, two thousand nine, I think he might have won. No, who won? Who won it when they won the Super Bowl? No, I think uh, the coach for Indy. Probably. I know Peyton Manning won MVP that year. He did. Yeah. I think it's. Be- you want to know honestly what I think it is? I think it's just because of like regional isolation. Honestly, like the Saints aren't on national TV a lot, and they aren't like one of those marquee franchises. You know what I mean? I don't know. It just feels like, like the Saints for a long time in the NFL were like, kind of a, I mean they were the Aints. You know what I mean? Like, if if the public or whoever vote, I don't know who votes on Coach of the Year. He won AP Coach of the Year his rookie year as the Saints coach. Um. Damn. So, like, I guess it's just a situation where, like, storyline. I feel like, yeah, I feel like coach of the year always gets handed to the coach that, like, I guess this year would apply, though, for Sean Payton because of what happened with Breeze. But I guess it always, it kind of feels like it always gets handed to the coach that it coaches the team that wins way more games than they were expected to win. Does that make sense? Sure. Which is weird that that's what you base it off of because it seems like that like who won last year um oh god who won coach of the year last year was it matt Nagy? yeah was it matt Nagy? i don't know i know ryan pace won gm of the year i think which was, is hilarious i think given, it was matt Nagy. if i remember yeah and the correctly. year before that it was sean payton right or me sean mcveigh yeah yeah so like it's the coach that takes over a franchise that was really crappy and turns them around in one year or wins more games than they were supposed to win. And because, like, if it was actually like, hey, who's the best coach in the NFL? Bill Belichick would have won every single year the last 19 years. All right. So Ron Rivera has two coaches of the years. Sean Payton has zero. Damn. There's two quarterbacks in the NFC South that have MVP years. Drew Brees has zero. That's because he, he wasn't as good that year. 
than them. You know? <laughs> Drew Brees had multiple MVP seasons. Drew Brees outperformed Aaron Rodgers and lost MVP to Aaron Rodgers that year. Talking about the year where Aaron had like 43 touchdowns and five interceptions. Yeah. He outperformed him that year? Yes. Really? Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised. Because Aaron Rodgers was... The Green Bay Packers was the hot team at the time. Everybody were, liked talking about the Green Bay Packers. It's were. like everybody likes talking about the San Francisco 49ers. Well, yeah, because they're going to beat the Saints. Damn. That's going to be a good game. I don't know if they're going to beat the Saints. I just wanted to see Corey get angry at me. I actually don't know if they're going to win. It's going to be a really good game. No, it's going to be a good game. Those are two... Uh, I keep going back and forth on it. Fundamentally similar teams? Rotating front seven. Right, rot- or ro- rotating ro- front four, Yeah, I guess. rotating front fours. You have like a, a smash... Like like a, like a running, smashing offense. That the passing game isn't too crazy. The pa- Besides high volume I mean, to Michael Thomas on the Saints. It's basically a high, vo- high volume to Michael Thomas and... Play action, I think post routes to Kittle. That's I th- it. I think what's gonna. I don't know. I think we got. I, for my bias, I think we have the edge because San Fran's gonna play a zone D in the secondary. Drew Brees like is gonna be Kittle. able to fucking pick it apart as long as he has. He, he's upped his playtime clock in his head mm-hmm. to get ready because. His line was going to be like, or Taron Armstead was out last week, mm-hmm. so he knew the pass rush was going to be getting a little bit faster. So he increased the time, increased his play time clock in his head. It's a, a shorter amount he's, of time. He's going to have to, because he doesn't have the advantage that Russ and Kyler and Lamar have, who right. are the four, who are the three quarterbacks the 49ers have played in the last four games. Right. He's. He's not as mobile as they are. Right. So the way but, Breeze is going to have to deal with the pass rush is he has to get rid of the ball. Immediately. Immediately. Which is his strength because of how fast he reads defenses. Right. Yep, yeah. and he's going he's to get a lot. He's going to get a shit ton of four to six yard passes it's to gonna, Michael it's Thomas. Gonna be the, it's going to be, gonna the, be the chess match. You're the, gonna, you're, the chess match becomes Breeze is going to have to get rid of the ball so quick that he's going to have to balance the... I need to get rid of the ball fast, but I need to make sure, or I need to at least at some points, know that the DBs are going to catch on and try to jump routes, meaning I have to then either pump fake the route and throw it behind them, or just not run the quick play and try to get something down the field to like Ted Ginn or if he Jared Cook it. or um, I forget the other dude's name. Traquan Smith. Traquan Smith, yeah. You know, now that I've had quick quick sidebars, you mentioned Jared Cook. After two years to sit on it, I really wish I had Jared Cook instead of Jimmy Graham on the Packers. <laughs> anyway, continue. <laughs> it took you two years? Yeah. <laughs> Man, that catch on the sideline in the playoff game didn't seal it for you? Man. <laughs> that was the most impressive catch I've ever seen in my I life. I love... Remember, remember how much I talk about how much I love Jared Cook? Chubby. I'm, like, so upset. You're just sleeping on Jimmy Graham. Can we can we can we swap tight ends back? You're sleeping you're, on Jimmy Graham. Dude. You're just sleeping on Jimmy Graham. Can we swap tight ends back? You're you sleeping on. Would love to, Jimmy Graham was 
Like, Hall was putting up Hall of Fame numbers. Yeah, but he's not going to put up Hall of Fame numbers Because anymore. Sean Payton's the only one coach in the NFL that knows how to use a tight yeah. end that's not named Kyle Shanahan. He's, yeah. He's the he's the only coach in the NFL that knows how to use a a tight end that is six foot seven and absolutely refuses to block. <laughs> like, will not do it. Doesn't matter if his quarterback's forty years old and has the mobility of a shoe. I miss Jared Cook. I love Jared Cook. He's great. And remember when I said except he's going when he to drops touchdown passes in the end zone yeah, to right. make his fucking. He catches better than Ted Ginn, at least. <laughs> a lot of people t- catch, t- catch <laughs> yeah, better a lot than of Ted Ginn. Catch, yeah. I wish we had 2015 Ted Ginn from the Panthers. Oh, oh my God. When he, the only thing he did was catch like bombs. Eight, 80 yard bombs. He was like the he was like the OG, not the OG, but he was like the Tyler Lockett before the Tyler Lockett. Yeah. Tyler Lockett gets three targets was, a game. He was the post Deshaun Jackson. Yeah. Oh man, that was fun. Oh, God. That, that was a fun time. I'm sad. What are you sad about? That was about? not a good year. I don't. It's not a good year. It was not a good year. All right. What are you sad about? I'm sad about the Packers, guys. Why are you sad about the Packers? Because they don't All have right. Jared Cook. Have you even been listening to this yeah. conversation for that, the that, past that, five? They minutes? just won last week. It was great. In the snow, they beat the Giants. Fantastic. I'm so glad real, they beat the Giants. Real quick. Can I? I just not even that. Wait, wait, wait. Sidebar. Wait, wait. Side, sidebar to the sidebar. How yeah. upset were you that you were right about the Tennessee Titans and the New York Giants, but reverse? <laughs> <laughs> like you had, you had the New York Giants dead on, but the Giants were actually the Titans. Oh, it's true. And the and the and the Titans and the Giants were at, like inverse. That's incredible. Who could account for the Ryan Tannehill? I, I couldn't have. Not in a million. I didn't years. account for that, but I, I like. I counted for the Derrick Henry. I account. Like, I accounted for like the Giants being poopy. Yeah. I didn't too. expect the Titans to be like, let's go get All Ryan right. Tannehill. So, my thing is, I think, I don't think Saquon Barkley's healthy. I no, think he he's came, clearly not healthy. I, he came back way too soon from that high ankle sprain. Yeah. You want to do the same thing he did in college? So I'll come back from this the same way I did before, and like it's the NFL and you get hit. Harder, and yeah. now he's more hurdy and yeah. faster. Yeah, so yeah. I would not be surprised if we find out in the off season that he has like off season ankle surgery. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I guarantee you, it's coming. But no, I'm also Daniel Jones. He didn't fumble. So he didn't fumble. <laughs> That's the plus, man. When the plus is, hey, he didn't fumble this week, man. We're on the up and up, Danny. So you know how <laughs> there's. A, hold on, I'm sorry, Justin. I heard. In, I don't want. I don't really like Good Morning Football that much because I kind of think they're all kind of cringy. <laughs> yeah. But ooh, that, there's something we need to talk about the the cringy thing with Russell Wilson. <laughs> I want to. I want to rant about that. That pissed yeah, me, me too. off. That pissed, that me, pissed off. me off that real bad. Me that off dude, so I hate. Whoever that dude is, fuck you. Whoever yeah, that is. Right. Um. So. Uh. I I heard that on Good Morning Football when Danny Di- when like when Daniel Jones is having a bad game, instead of calling him Danny Dimes, they call him Danny Loose Change. <laughs> and I kind of like that. It's amazing. Anyway, what were you gonna say about the Packers? You know how you always feel you you felt about the Steelers every year when they had everybody. Yeah. 
how I felt like, man, I can't wait to win 12 games and lose the first playoff game. Right. That's how I feel about the Packers this year. Which is a reasonable way to think. Yeah, that's how I feel. Being about a reasonable sports fan. That's, that's not hard. That's how I feel about the Packers this year. That that looks like what they are, right? Like, I'm, I'm not the only person seeing this. They're, they're a football team that can, like... Win convincingly wow. against you, worse football teams. You guys, you guys they really come against like the top four teams in, in the in the NFC, and they will lose to all of them. You guys really are like the same team. You guys really are like the Steelers of the last four years, right? Like your offense is just like holy shit. That's like, all I'm saying. Like, this is really good, it's, and it's, your defense is like okay. I can see like some good players there, but like I'll still never stop like ranting about how incredible Jair Alexander's been. But like he's been and, so good, and you'll never stop shitting on Kevin King. Yeah, and I'll never stop shitting on Kevin King. I was Shively has a routine now that every time Kevin King blows a coverage, he texts me about it. And, like, I'm watching the game, so I see it. But I love that validation. <laughs> you two just, like, text me, like, man, I hate Kevin King. Dude. I bet, you know what? I bet Kevin King's a great guy. He is. But he's just, like. But, man. He just, like, he gets burned. He, he goes, he goes up, like, like, fucking, like, like, throwing paper in a fire. That's how I used to feel about Ike Taylor. Dude, it's God, I hated Ike. The only time I liked Ike Taylor is when we played the Bengals, because for some weird reason he would like lock down AJ Green. <laughs> it made no sense, and I was like, "Man, I hate Ike Taylor outside of two games a year." And then I love him. Like play when they play. Is Marshawn Lattimore coming back? Or has he been back? Uh, he came back for a little bit last week. He should okay. be in full health coming up here. That's what I heard. Yeah. So, but I don't know. I mean, that's that's. I got those vibes from it. Like I'm, I'm really excited. That Green Bay's winning these games, and I'm glad they're number one. I'm glad they're the, that the Vikings lost. We can have a game ahead of them now. Game and just, a half because you beat them, right? He, uh, I just don't. I don't know, man. It's like you feel it. You, know, like you feel it coming. Where it's like we're gonna make the playoffs. Maybe it's like a three seed. Yeah, like the three seed, and then lose. No, I don't think you'll lose. Well, because the six seed would be Minnesota again. Yeah, I don't know. If, and I don't think I don't know if we beat them three times. I think we beat them again. By the way, I don't know if we beat. Them it's three very times. hard to beat a team three times, right? I don't think we beat because I, th- I think we're going to beat them again. And I, I don't, I don't see us winning a third time. So they're going to make they make it into the sixth seed, and then we'll we'll lose by some bullshit, and it'll be all back to back to normal. When we had McCarthy, it's the same thing. Yeah. Well, you have to. I was going to say you're going to hit the fourth seed and then play the Seahawks, but that's not going to happen because. The Cowboys are going to be the or the Eagles are going to be the fourth. Yeah, seed. right. They're going to come in as the third. Seed. So Packers are going to Packers are going to come to the unless, third. Seed, but unless San Fran has a slide towards these last few games. Yeah, and then it would be which I which like even if they lose to the Saints, like their last three games are yeah. cupcake games. Which I would like. Love. They're going to beat the Rams again. I would love for the 49ers to be on the other side of the bracket, please. No. They're going to beat the Rams again. They're going to what other games do they have? We're going to face them. They played. Face. They played it. They played Seattle at the end. Fucking Lafleur is going to win Coach of the Year. No, he's not. No, he's not. In circumstances. No way. He, he, all that shit. The entire team is. People are like, oh, he's doing pretty impressive. Do you know who's going to win Coach of the Year? But Zach Taylor, Brian Flores. <laughs> he took a team that was tanking and convinced them not to tank. <laughs> That's the best coaching job I've ever heard I don't in my life. Think he did it. What do you mean he didn't? What do you mean? No. No, 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 no. Fitzpatrick definitely did it. <laughs> Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick, coach of the year. Definitely. <laughs> they were sitting in the locker room and the <laughs> team was discussing, oh man, how are we going to lose this week? And Can Ryan I'm Fitzpatrick was just like, like wait, who said we got to lose? <laughs> and they're like, whoa. 
wait a minute. He's like, I'm from Harvard. We can win. And they're like, really, Ryan? And he's like, yeah, guys, we can win. And then his beard grew another three inches right there. Have you guys ever noticed that it looked like Ryan Fitzpatrick looks like his shoulder pads come up to his ears? That's great. You ever notice that? It's yeah. the Case Keenum thing. Yeah, like when he sticks his hands up, he's like. <laughs> but Kate, but like, but like, ten, like, well, sorry, Fitzpatrick has a beard, so I don't want to throw him in a locker and right. make fun of him. Case Keenum, I do. Yeah, fucking nerd. <laughs> I loved Case Keenum coming out of college, dude. University of Houston, he set like every single passing record in the history of oh, NCAA. Corey hates Case Keenum. Oh, Corey, yeah, Corey hates Case Keenum. Yeah, Corey hates Case Keenum. I, I wonder just, why. I just hate football. <laughs> I love football, man. Uh, like I was just sitting here, like it's like, oh, we're gonna gonna go to the playoff again. Wonder what bullshit we're gonna lose to this time. It was, it's it, not gonna be a team. It's just gonna be bullshit. Yeah, it's been two years in a row. Please don't let it be three times. <laughs> if, if they if, lose, at least if the Saints are lose the playoffs, at least let it be like a an actual loss. normal way to lose. Like a lot, like a, like a good drive. Really, Corey would be relieved. Corey would be like, "God, thank God we lost like in a normal fucking way, not some." I think if it happens three times in a row, Corey Corey's head might pop off. I'm just gonna fucking metamorphosize into Tobin. Just <laughs> start buying other teams' jerseys. Fucking walk in like, oh, time to lose this week. I can't stress to you guys enough that are listening that I. Know our one friend Tobin so well that going into that Denver Kansas City game on Thursday night, before I hadn't even spoken to him, and I knew that he was going to show up to the game in a Denver Broncos jersey, and he sure and then he did. did. And like every single one of like us that walked in, like all of us, like oh my god, you actually came in in a Denver Broncos jersey, and I was the only one that was like, guys, really? Like, do you not know who he is? Like this is classic. Like he he believes so hard in the reverse juju. Yeah, that. He goes off and 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 wears other teams' jerseys. So. Oh yeah, I don't know. I'm. I should be a happy football fan, but I'm a sad one, and I feel like. No, how, it's how because you, you know, yes, like you like know what's been, gonna happen. Like yeah, I this. Feel like how you've been feeling. Yeah, that's how I felt every single year for like four years. I was like, man, I can't wait to win, eleven or twelve games and lose to. Tim Tebow how or Blake how's... Bortles. Or, How much more evidence do I need that the Packers are good but not good enough? Like it's right there in front of my face. Yeah, the only thing you need, the only proof you needed was that San Francisco game, right? Where we got because my God, like if, if it was even remotely close, I'd still have hopes. But we got murdered. I still think there's such a significant the the gap between New Orleans, San Fran, and Seattle, and Seattle. It just has no, 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 no. New Orleans, Seattle. <clears throat> Excuse me, San Fran and Baltimore. Yeah. The gap between those four teams has gotten so big the last like three weeks that it's kind of like, damn. Like, it almost kind of sucks that three of them are in the same conference. Right. And like, it's almost kind of like whichever one of them only has to play, like, out of those three teams in the NFC, whichever one only has to play one of the other two, I feel like is going to win. Because, like, I don't think yeah. San Fran can beat Seattle and New Orleans in back-to-back weeks. It's hard. I don't think Seattle can beat New Orleans and San Fran in back-to-back weeks. But one of them will get lucky and play Green Bay. Exactly. One of them is going to get lucky and I and play Green Bay or and Minnesota. He, 
or the only one I think we could beat is not Seattle. Dallas. Well, someone's going to play Dallas and beat them. The only one I think we have a chance of beating is Seattle, and even then, we have a history of losing in really dumb ways to Seattle. Oh yes, you do. So in the playoffs, oh yes, you do. In the divisional round of the playoffs, specifically. So I am not looking forward to this shit. <laughs> I feel like, yeah. the the only the only the only like situation in which. Justin relates to Corey in losing in the playoffs in awful ways. Would play Seattle is with Green Bay playing Seattle, because like, oh god. Only way I'm okay with the Saints not going to the Super Bowl this year is if Seattle goes to the Super Bowl. Well, you've always been yeah big Russell Wilson guy. Me and, too. Yeah. I would love for, but it's just like who's Green Bay goes out. What this feels like to me is the years like that. The Giants won the wild card and went to the Super Bowl. Where there's a lot of like heavy NFC, like heavy top seed favorites, but they all beat each other up. Right. And like some team that gets hot right at the end, like sneaks in and kind of like darts by everybody. Who would that team be, though? Um, and then, I mean, the NFC, it would be Minnesota. Minnesota or Green Bay. I don't, th- I don't see Green Bay turning on the Jets like that. I mean, so I like, Seattle's been consistent all year, but. I mean, that's just what, like, just, I mean, you have the Saints and the 49ers playing against each other week 13. Yeah. Like, it's going to, I don't know. So, and the, both those teams are already beat up. Mm-hmm. Isn't it kind of weird that, like, because Seattle won, even if San Fran wins that game, they can't get back into the top two seeds? Like that's so that that it's it's wild to me that which is why going back to Justin's point, seed the playoffs, seed the playoffs by overall record and head to head record, and just make division winners just make the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Which means (laughs) Dallas, which would mean right now Dallas would be the sixth seed. Would be the sixth seed, and they would be playing. Uh, I don't know who I don't know who they'd be playing between New Orleans, probably Green Bay. No, 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 because no, they'd be the, they'd be playing the three seed. Oh, it would be New Orleans. So it would be or either Seattle. New Orleans or San Fran. Yeah, it would be. No, Seattle. no, no. It would have to be. It have to be San Fran. Right. Because right. New Orleans beat Seattle and Seattle beat San Fran. Yeah, no. So it would have to. Oh my God. They so they'd have to go the first week of the playoffs. Dallas would have to go to San Francisco, and get walloped. And in theory, Minnesota would go to Green Bay. Which is the matchup that we're all assuming is going to happen anyway. Right, and then it's going to make me sad because we will lose to them. So what are the so if we're looking at the NFC that way, what about the AFC? Like because we have this weird we have a really here's the thing. We have a really awkward situation that could happen with Baltimore, Houston and Kansas City that I don't know what the tiebreaker is. Because if they all fin say like my hypothetical situation occurs, right? Uh-huh. And they all finish with say they all finish twelve and four. Well, right. Ravens have the tiebreaker over the Texans, <laughs> right? But Kansas City beat the Ravens, so the Kansas City would be right. But Houston beat Kansas City. I think it goes to points. Does it go against points? I don't know what it goes to. Like, does it go to divisional record at that point? If you have a three-way tie. Amongst teams that have played each other? It might go to divisional record first before you do that. Okay. Because I was going to say, if you go, if you have to go head-to-head between those three teams, they all they completed the triangle. They all yep. beat each other. 
Now, obviously, Baltimore and Houston have both beat New England. The problem is, is New England's ten and two, and even if they lose to Kansas City, yeah, still... it goes to the it okay, goes to the division first. Okay, that's good. Um, even if even how messed up is that? Is that New England could technically lose to Kansas City, and Kansas City still can't jump them. Yeah. Because of all the games early on the KC lost and all of the games early on that New England won. Yep. Like, the, the whole AFC right now is pulling... First of all, all, what the AFC needs right now is for Houston to win out. They need Kansas City to win out. They need Baltimore to at least lose only one more game. And they need Buffalo to beat New England too. Yep. Like... All of those things. If the AFC doesn't want the Patriots to go back to the Super Bowl, that's literally what needs to happen. <laughs> because otherwise, I don't know. I know I sound like a broken record, but I, I don't care. As long as New England is in the playoffs, until I see them lose, I'm picking them to go yeah, to the Super it, Bowl. It, like, I pick them to go. I don't care. You know they're not going to do it. A Buffalo being able to control their own destiny this late in the season for the first time in, like, many years is awesome. And it makes me happy for them, but I mean, like, are they? They're not going to be doing it in Foxborough. No. You know how hard that is. You know how fucking hard that is. Last team to do it was Carolina. Yeah. A couple years ago, which I will say this: very similar team. Yep. To this Buffalo team, it's a very similar team. Yep. Which is another Pretty thing. Waxed. Going into this game against Baltimore, I was talking to my dad about this. In no way am I trying to say that Josh Allen is like Lamar Jackson. No, not at all. Because they do completely different things. Yeah. But I will say this. Out of any team in the NFL that can somehow try with the personnel they have to simulate what the Ravens do, it would be them. It would be them. It's They're the only team. They're the only team that kind of, sort of, personnel-wise, just look at their offense. Personnel-wise, they are almost identical. Yeah. They don't really rely on their receivers that much. They're mostly small, fast guys, mm-hmm. Marquise Brown and John Brown, right? They throw to their tight ends a lot. They run the ball a lot. They have quarterbacks that run a lot. And they have stingy defenses mm-hmm. that are particularly better against the pass than they are against the run. Right. They're like almost identical teams. So, like, that's why I kind of made the thing like I actually think Buffalo can win this game because Buffalo's the only real team that can kind of prepare for Lamar Jackson. That's why they, well, they they almost they almost they could have beat New England once. Yeah, they almost they they usually almost always beat New England. Yeah, but like, and then something happens. Either right. their quarterback gets hurt or they have a whole crap load of turnovers. Well, that just sucks. And like yeah, they were they were like ready to make that game winning drive that Josh Allen loves to make. He does started, it a lot. They started at the 50. Yeah, he does it something. A lot. Something that hasn't been talked about with the Bills him. recently is like um, their offensive coordinator. I can't remember what his name is, but their offensive coordinator moved from the sideline to the booth upstairs, and it apparently like completely changed like how he was seeing the field, and like they like upped their tempo and upped the amount of like different personnel groupings they were using like That's fascinating and it completely changed like it, it happened like i think three weeks ago and if you look at buffalo's like offensive splits from like the what what week are we in 14 yeah we're week 14 like now. the 11 weeks prior to that to the last three weeks it's like 
mind blowing. Like they're running plays like six seconds faster. They're running a whole bunch more hurry up. They're spreading the ball out a whole lot more. And like their offensive coordinator was like, yeah, like I went up into the booth and I just like, he, he didn't have like an epiphany, but he was kind of like, man, I see the field a whole lot more. He can see clearly now. Yeah. The snow is gone. That's what's going to suck is the snow. Oh, man. We oh. know that's coming. Oh, yeah, that's coming. I think it's good for a team like Buffalo. And a team like Baltimore. And a team like New England. New England can't even... The New England can't do anything offensively. They can't even run the ball effectively. They're still, like, I think, like, the 16th ranked offense. So, like, it's not terrible. I think a lot of their production comes in... Um, well, because of... Garbage time, though. Yeah, and then the defense sets them up really well most of the time. Yeah, their yeah their defense sets them up with short fields, and they end up cashing in with touchdowns. Yep, most of the time. And then that, that kind of beefs their numbers a little bit. For example, like Pittsburgh's like twenty six. Yeah, instead of you know Pittsburgh just kicking twenty five field goals out of there. Hey man, play the play the short game. Forty seven play, attempts. Play ball control. You know, that's it. Yeah, defense. You know, I thought I I got through that period of my life where I. I actually turned the TV off when we were on offense. Yep. But like now I'm now we're back in. Now the, now I get more excited when we're on defense. Yep. And I'm like, oh boy, I get to watch Minka Fitzpatrick play again. We might actually okay. score now. Yeah. Minka might actually score. He hasn't had a touchdown in the last couple of days. He's due. He's gonna get one on Kyler. Oh, I think so. Yeah. Minka Fitzpatrick's gonna gonna he's gonna fight. He's Minka Fitzpatrick's gonna pick six Kyler Murray. I feel it. He's gonna wave him goodbye. I think it's going to be a similar defensive result to what you saw the Rams do to them, but just with far less points. Oh, you don't. You probably didn't get this new week's uh, Gridiron Heights. You probably weren't that into it, huh? With the Kyler Mandalorian baby. I haven't seen it. Oh, it was. I mean, like every week. <laughs> that's why I did it. Here's the thing. <laughs> Corey knows I watch Gridiron the weird thing about with me with Gridiron Heights is like I watch Gridiron Heights like a week behind for some reason like I don't know why it's like oh man that last like I always put it in our group chat like man that Gridiron Heights was really funny and Corey will go yeah that one was from last week and I go oh and I never like update. I just I'm always Corey, a week behind. Well, this- Corey asking Kyber if he's seen the newest Gridiron Heights is more consistent than Shade of the Week. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Which, by the way, do we have one? Um. Oh man, I, I think I, I did have the, uh, one. I the, can't remember. I would love the uh, the Dolphin special team coordinator against oh, the entire my. city of Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, he was like. I'm going to throw a touchdown with the kicker to a kicker. Yep. <laughs> Pat Mac, I can't imagine. Oh, Pat Mac, if he's close, probably flew off his body when that happened. Like, his, his dick erected through the TV screen. Yeah. Like... He he went on get up the next morning. He's like, this is the greatest play in the history of the NFL. <laughs> He's like, Super Bowl, like, forget the immaculate reception, the catch, the fumble. Nope, this is the best one. It happened in a meaningless regular season game in a stadium at 30% capacity. <laughs> he he just starts sweating thinking about it. Oh, my God. That was great. 
My favorite thing that he does is when he starts talking about like a crappy team or a crappy player. It was mostly like when he was talking about the Jets early on in the year, and who got smoked, by the way. Is it weird? Like, the, are the Jets like that weird team that like they either blow teams out or they get blown out? Is that what happens? Wait, what's up? The Jets. It's like they either get blown out or they blow out the team. Yeah. That kind of feels like it's like so weird. It, they either hit on all cylinders or they just hit on no cylinders. Y'all ready for the uh, for the Andy Dalton revenge tour? Yo. Oh, are you guys hyped hype for the uh, Devontae Parker showcase tour? Yeah. Where does he go next year? <laughs> Probably the Saints. Yeah, they Devon- do. <laughs> they do. Devontae Parker? Yeah. It's not what you you listen. You guys need to just it. It's going to be. Two Michael Thomas is out on the field. Yeah. Yeah. That's why when you guys went and got Des Bryant last year, I'm like, Corey, you do realize this doesn't solve anything at all. And then he, he tore his Achilles. He tore his Achilles. The first practice and it didn't solve anything at all. You guys need to just, you know what you need to do? You need to call up San Francisco and be like, hey, you guys have three different versions of the same guy. Between like Debo Samuel and, Mar- uh, what's his name? Marquise Goodwin, who's been hurt. All year, and whatever other guy they have that they drafted, Dante Pettis. Dante Pettis. Yeah, they have three versions of the same guy. Saints got to be like, just give us one. Just give us one of them. We don't care which one you give us. Sean Payton will be like, I could use any of them. Doesn't matter. There, I can figure out a way to make it work. Just give me one of them, please. I need someone that can run a sub four four. Like that's all I need. I just need someone that can run a sub four four that isn't Alvin Kamara. Jarek McKinnon. Jarek McKinnon, yeah. Do you want Jarek McKinnon? That's, that's honestly who I was thinking that they were. No! It's <laughs> like if Sean Payton's going to call for a wide receiver and come back with a running back. That'd be Sean Sean Payton can make it work. Literally, you guys you guys beat Atlanta on Thanksgiving basically with just Taysom Hill. My shade of the week is the stiff arm against Matt Ryan. Oh, yeah, that wins. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I watched I watched your Snapchat of you Oh I watched the Snapchat of you watching it so many times because your laugh was so wholesome. Like you you meant like every chuckle of that. Like it was so pure. Oh, it was so funny. He got fucked. Matt Ryan got fucked. <laughs> That was if you could, if Camp Jordan was so zoned in that Matt Ryan didn't even have the football and he's still trying to sack him. <laughs> I know. Cam Jordan was like his eyes were like locked on Matt Ryan. Like I like it almost it was like Matt Ryan was running backwards with the football. And he's like, "Nope, I'm bringing you down. I'm sacking you." And then I don't know, what's the name of the guy that stiff-armed him? Uh Shy Tuttle. Shy Tuttle. Okay. Rookie. Good lord. That was one-handed interception. He didn't even like. It, it didn't even look like he stiff-armed him. It looked like he just like put his arm out. Like he didn't like forcefully shove him. He just like put his hand out. Matt Ryan just like fell over. <laughs> like he's like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> I tried my best. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, coach. <laughs> that's another good head coaching vacancy that's going to be available this year. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. The Atlanta Falcons with Matt Ryan and Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. Yeah. Oh, boy. And Austin Hooper, who's been, like, the third best fantasy tight end this year for no goddamn reason. He'll, uh, it's going to go to that 
wideouts coach that turned defensive back coach? It's going to go in-house. You just said that in-house coaches never stop. when the when they're interim. Oh, okay. When they when they when they fire mid-season, the interim coach never stays okay. the head coach. You're right. No, no, I I agree with that. I agree with that. Then. All right. Uh, hit us with bag lines real quick. Bro. Absolutely. <laughs> you can get the hell out of here. Um, last week was my first um winning week in like two months. Damn. I had a really bad stretch of. I did the opposite last week. I had really I, I, I went eleven and five last week. In my in my picks, which is pretty cool. Um, then again, I also like I just um, I just like so I I just always pick like one of the games was the New England game because I never don't pick against New England. Like I don't care what the spread is with the New England game, I pick them. Right. So I've lost a lot of games this year with New England like getting backdoor covered. Right. And um, I don't really care. Um, all right, so we're gonna start I hit right with, on the Bengals at least. I've been, I I cooled off on the Bengals. I hit right on them yeah. last week though. I picked um, the Bengals. I I did too. Um, wait, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. That was one of the games I missed. Um, all right, so we start off with Thursday in a game that I mean actually could kind of mean something because the the Bears have won a couple games in a row now. Um, Dallas at Chicago on Thursday night. Um, both teams played on Thursday last week, so there is no like. Like early week, they've had a full week to prepare for each other, um, which would make I think make for a really interesting Thursday game. Yeah. Because normally we don't get that for Thursday. Right. But the fact that these two teams have had actually a week might be a little more interesting. It might be a little more interesting. Um, The Bears are getting two and a half. Um, Panthers at the Falcons, Uh, the first game, uh, Sands Ron Rivera. Um, the Panthers are getting two and a half. Now, granted, this line came out prior to that. I don't know if the line will move much. No, probably not. It'll probably just move. Like, if you're seeing lines for the Carolina Panthers Atlanta Falcons games that aren't two and a half, it's just because people have been betting the Falcons because of Ron Rivera getting, like, yeah. the number didn't go, the number didn't move because of Ron Rivera getting fired, I don't think. I'm taking the Panthers because usually first first game as coaches those guys usually win for some yeah. reason yeah i noticed that too that's weird i don't, I don't know i don't, i think it might be different um um i think it might just be different because i feel like this might have caught the team off guard maybe and maybe they're a little upset well, about him getting fired well that's what that's why they usually perform better at the prior week because the team feels like shit we let our coach down Mm-hmm. Yeah, they take out whatever they they gotta like prove themselves, I guess, to themselves. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Um. But anyway, yeah, like I said, um, Carolina getting two and a half. Ravens and Bills, which is a big the the one o'clock window this upcoming Sunday is actually the, pretty big. The four o'clocks have just sucked this year. Oh my God, they've been terrible. Um, Ravens at Bills. The Bills are getting five and a half in that game. Uh, Bengals at the Browns. The Bengals are getting eight and a half. Broncos at the Texans. The Broncos are getting nine and a half. I'm taking the Broncos in that game. Absolutely. Um, Lions at the Vikings. It's the biggest line of the day. The Lions are getting 13 and a half. Holy shit. 13 and a half. I, I would take the Lions in that. Um, 
I, I don't like betting lines that big, but if you're going to, I feel like you always have to take the underdog in that case. Well, that's a lot of points for a yeah, divisional like, game. Yeah, that's way too many points for a division. And the Lions have not been blown out by anybody. No. The Lions' defense sucks, but like they haven't been blown out. Um, Redskins at the Packers. The Redskins are getting 12 and a half. And I hate to tell you this, but I'm no. taking the Redskins. I, I, I like, my, 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 fo- my totally legal football pool, I have. The way the Redskins have the been Redskins. running the ball recently. On a team that can't guard the run On a that team well. that can't stop the run. Yep. I'd say that the yep. Packers will win, but it will be narrow. Buccaneers. I'm sorry. Colts at Buccaneers. The Colts are getting two and a half. Colts have really, really, like, cooled off. Yeah. Um, don't look like a playoff team anymore. Dolphins at Jets. Dolphins are getting five and a half. Um, the big one o'clock game, 49ers at the Saints. The 49ers are getting two and a half. Chargers at the Jaguars. Gardner Minshew back, starting quarterback. Uh, the Jaguars are getting... Here's the thing about this game. Our king is returned. We all know... He returned from No Nut November. Is that what the problem was? <laughs> is that why he didn't win in the month of November? <laughs> now he's got it all out. Yeah. It dick destroyed December. Now we all know. Here's the thing. Chargers are minus two and a half against the Jaguars. Now we know this game is going to be decided between seven points or less. So what does that mean for the bet? That's the thing. Like we know this game is going to be decided within seven points. Right. So that makes that game a little tough. Titans at the Raiders. The Raiders are another team kind of cooling off um, that were in the playoffs and now kind of looking like, nah, they're probably like an 8-8 eight eight team. Um, Titans at the Raiders. The Raiders are getting two and a half. Good enough for the playoffs in the AFC. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Chiefs at the Patriots. Again, the only good 4 o'clock game. Um, it might not even be good. It might not even be good. The Chiefs are getting three and a half. Steelers at the Cardinals. The Cardinals are getting two and a half. Uh, Seahawks at the Rams, the rematch of that really good Thursday night game that happened, and the line is exactly the same as it was in that game. It's one and a half. It's exactly the same as that Thursday night game. In a big nope. And then finally, guys ready for uh, after that Monday night game we just had between two great playoff teams? Follow it up. The Giants hit the Eagles. Giants are getting eight and a half. Mm. So what are you thinking? Well, I'm going to take the Giants. Okay, I didn't mean you had to bet that game. No, but like I'm going to take the Giants like as like a pick. Yeah. I want to take the Giants in that. My picks are... I feel like that's going to be taking, dummy close. I'm taking Carolina. I, I will go Broncos uh, plus nine and a half. Texans probably win, but come down because the Broncos can't finish. Yeah. And, what, um, what did you guys think about Drew Locke? He looked really good early yeah, on. Actually, yeah. He looked good. Through the scripted portion of the game, he looked really good. And like being able to throw a court son who has been amazing this year. Yes, yeah, I'm your guy. I, that's my that is my most proud like receipt that I have. <laughs> I came on this show and I was like, Cortland Sutton is gonna be a beast. I loved him in college at SMU. God, that one hit. Oh. And God. he he has he is gonna be he's probably gonna be um Depending upon the quarterback situation there, I think he might be a top 10 fantasy receiver next year. Yeah. Honestly. He's doing pretty well this year. I can see him a top three guy, top three round guy. Yeah. Depending upon the quarterback situation. Um, 
My picks would be the Broncos. I think the Texans win, but it's close. Maybe by touchdown. Deshaun Deshaun Watson's too good late in that game. Like the Broncos aren't going to be able to get a big enough lead right. to close that game out against the Texans. Um so but I'll take the points. Redskins plus twelve and a half. Packers probably win by nine. Yeah. But the Redskins run the ball too well. Darius Geis has been really good recently. Like really good. Now that he's healthy, it's kind of like, oh yeah, he was he was a second round pick. He was a second round pick. Like he was drafted really high. And I guess um he's talked about like Adrian Peterson's been like helping him a lot. Yeah. Like since he's been hurt, he's had like a lot of time to like just study film and AP's been helping him a lot. He's been padawaning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and if I had to pick another game out of these, if I was gonna go with three of them. I mean, I know I know this is probably gonna burn me. I I I I laid out the upset. I'm going to take the Bills plus five and a half. And I think they went out right. I just think this is the, I think this is finally a team that personnel wise can prepare effectively for the Ravens because Josh Allen is the closest thing as far as what they do with him offensively that at least the Bills can have somewhat of an idea of what they're walking into. And at some point, the Ravens have played so many big games in a row. Like, so many. Like, we talked about how brutal San Fran's schedule is. Baltimore's had, like, nothing but tough games recently, right? And this is their their letdown game. Right. This is finally the game that, like, like, we beat, like, we beat New England. We beat Houston. We beat San Francisco. Like, then they go on the road. Because the New England game was in Baltimore. San Fran game in Baltimore. I think the Houston game was in Houston, but it was indoors. Yeah. Like, and plus Houston's not known for, like, having a great, like, home field advantage. Yeah. Right? Actually, I think that game might have been in Baltimore. Actually, I'm not sure. Um, But this is, I don't know, in Buffalo. It's a tough place to play. Yeah, that with that fan base. With that crowd and that fan base. I don't know. I, I just got this weird feeling that Buffalo's going to pull the... I want. I wouldn't even know if this would be an upset, but I, I guess it would be an upset based around, you know. Yeah. Almost a touchdown... You know, Almost a touchdown favorite. Right. It's like, ooh. It'll yeah. shock... Like, oh, God, Buffalo looks so great. And then they're going to go to New England and just get waxed I by like New England. Taking all underdogs. I like the Giants. I like the Redskins. Yeah, am I taking any favorites this week? Actually, you just kind of... I'm not taking any favorites this week. I don't like any of the favorites. Cow- okay, Cowboys are a favorite I'm taking. Um, you know, I do like the Cowboys, too. Buccaneers but... are a favorite that I'm taking. I'm avoiding that. Um, the Jets are a favorite I that I'm taking. I haven't... I the haven't... Chargers are a favorite. The Patriots are a favorite. Steelers. And that's it. All the other ones are under. I don't do every game. I like pick and choose. So... I've I actually... Have... It's been weird this year. I've actually been... Despite like my slump that I went through, dude, I had a really good month of September, and I had a really bad month of October and November. Besides your four o'clock games. Beside my four, yeah. Beside my four o'clock games in October, my like early window and prime time games through the month of Oct- of September were like insane. Like I was hitting like so hard, but my four o'clock games sucked. But then like through November or October and November. I was terrible, 
But then this past week, I went 11 and 5. Right. Um, but I've been, I went back and I looked at it. I've been better this year at picking favorites. I think it's just because there's so many teams in the NFL that suck. Yep. So, like, I was just picking, like, oh, what's the Washington spread? I don't care. I'm picking against Washington, you know? Recently, it's been a little different because, the you know, they've been yeah. playing better. But, like, I was always picking against the Jets. I was always picking against, like, the Dolphins and the Bengals. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm in for the... Uh I'm in for the Andy Dalton revenge tour continuing, <laughs> and and I think they're going to outright beat the Browns. Shut up. Yep. Did we talk about how dirty they did Andy Dalton? Yeah, oh yeah. It was, they benched him the week of his birthday. He was tied for the franchise record of touchdown passes. So when he came back, the first one he threw, he broke it. Can you imagine if, like, what's that kid's name? Ryan Finley? Can yep. you imagine if he had actually played, like, okay? Randy Dalton may have never gotten that shot to break that record. Yep. If he had actually been playing okay. Man. Where is he going next year? He'll be a backup of the Patriots. Because <laughs> Tom Brady's coming back. I don't give a shit. Oh, no, he's playing again. He's playing again going. next year. If he wins the Super Bowl, he's playing again next year? Yes! You know, I don't think he gives yes. a fuck about that, honestly. I think I feel like he's just literally going to play until the wheels fall off. He said it after he won the Super Bowl last year. They asked him, like, what, what keeps you know what keeps bringing you back? And he says, this. Why would I leave this? Like, why would I leave this? As long as he feels like he can keep making the Super Bowl, he has no reason to leave. Yep, even on a year he misses it, he'll be like, oh, I feel like I can still do it next year. Yep. And he'll come back again. Yep. He's just going to do it until the wheels fall Gronk's off. Gronk's coming back next year. Gronk's too busy fucking doing shit with cheerleaders at fucking Lakers games. You think he's gonna? You think he's gonna come back? And using a lot of CBD oil. Oh shit! Ton of CBD oil. His every every fluid coming out of every orifice of his body might be CBD oil. Yeah. <laughs> it's that's what he's gonna use to get himself like. Why didn't Guerrero ever tell me about this? Cause it's weed, and you can't do it. In the NFL. But you can... Never mind. Anyway, fad pod. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Follow us at Twitter.com slash FADPOD. Give us money at Patreon.com slash FADPOD. Shout out to our patrons. Tom, who is here in the crowd today. Say hi, Tom. Hey. Our resident San Francisco 49ers fan who may or may not be a friend with Corey after this weekend, depending upon the result of the game. Me and Tom are pretty good. Tom watched the uh, Packers game with me. and me and him were... I was just sad. Yeah, and drunk. I, I, tried my, I tried my hardest so much to console you during that game. I was I was sad and drunk. Yeah, because they got they they that game got to a point where you just felt bad. They were like, damn, like like when, like when they finally scored and they got the two point conversion, I was like, hey, there we go, and then forty immediately like, hey. George Kittle. Yeah, I was like, immediately. Every, I was like, okay, they took the restraint collar off of Kittle and just said go. Every little bit of happiness. Kyle Shanahan I had, my was like. Was Kyle Shanahan's like sitting there on the sideline with his with his hat, with his weird hat that he wears, yeah, and that like black San Fran hat. It's like the only one in existence. Yeah, uh, and he's standing there and he's like, like say, like Green Bay goes out, and Robert Saleh, the defensive coordinator, comes over. He's like, we're gonna stop him, right? He's like, no, let them score. <laughs> and they're like, coach, why? He's like, I want them to have hope. And then like the second day after they score, he's like, now crush their hope. 
And Kittle's like, yes, sir. <laughs> you see, the- Kittle smashes two beer cans together and drinks them both and goes, puts his helmet on. Like, all right, coach, I'm ready. He walks onto the field, you hear glass shatter. <laughs> Literally, that's what he would do. Shout-outs to our other two pages as well, Ben and Angry. Angry, the Bills fan. Yes. So he's probably real sad after everything I've said. Saying that, oh, yeah, you guys are going to beat the Ravens and then not beat the Patriots. I mean, like, he knows that. He does Every know Bills fan knows that, that the Bills can't walk into Foxborough and beat the Patriots. Knows that they, they, they all the times they've been really close to being the Patriots, but they he's not a Buffalo. patron. But I just want to give a quick little reference to our friend Shane, who had one of the most ha, had a post in our group chat that I didn't know how to react to because he wrote in our group chat and said, "Man, I can't wait to see my team win double digit games for the first time since I've ever started watching football." Holy shit. <laughs> That's amazing. And I didn't know what to say to that. I didn't know whether to laugh or to be sad. I'm happy for him. I'm, but that's like, man, let him have this. Let him have it. I'm letting him have it. <laughs> They're not going to beat the Patriots, though. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>